Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. Joined this week. Are you ready? It's Sherry Voluntary, Sherry! What? Oh, it's me. Yeah. You know, I totally forgot to mention this earlier that so you've been on the show the last few weeks, and one of the things that we had talked about was is we, we got to have Sherry on the show because Sherry can't even talk to anyone otherwise because she's been you've been unpersoned, but now you've been repersoned, resurrected. What by, the heck happened? What happened? I, I, I guess the NSA was finished wiring my computer or something, bugging my Facebook. I'm back. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know, like, I know, I know you got your platform back and, and I mean, obviously this is a joke, but I, I, you weren't the only one. There was a number right. of people who had been deep and they all kind of got that same notification of, well, I know that you didn't have any strikes before, but guess what? That's your third strike. Goodbye forever. <laughs> guess what? We hate you. Yeah. And, and I think to be fair, this is as fair as you're ever going to hear me, by the mm-hmm. way, about Facebook is that they were probably tweaking their settings, you know, and they probably, like, that wasn't supposed to happen. And so that's why they went back and, like, Mm. reactivated some of those. I mean, I feel like that that's Mm. a plausible excuse because why would they bother replatforming you if it wasn't Mm. a mistake? I mean, um, the only other the only other idea is is that you've been re you, you got out of the re-education camp, and this is an all new Sherry. I have been re-educated, and I love our dear leader Zuckerberg now. Yes. Well, I to be I, I you well, you remember I told you this earlier. I think it would have been hilarious if the first thing you did when you got your account back was like start posting Biden propaganda. <laughs> is you know, guys, I'm really willing to give our president a chance. <laughs> Our president, remember, our president. I'm I'm going straight from wearing no mask to wearing two masks. God, ain't that the truth? Yeah. I mean, you joke, but you know what the funny thing is about any time they, I, I, I like I know people use the phrase moving the goalpost, but it's it's mm. and and that's fair, but it's not just in this particular case, it's not moving the goalpost in the sense of what results we need in order to, say, reopen or whatever. It's more that what they recommend you do. So first it was don't wear a mask. But as Fauci said, that was because we were trying to get you plebs to not buy up all the masks because the doctors need them. (laughs) And then it was, well, but now everyone needs to have a mask. And if you said no, then they would say you should follow the science because masks work. They Mm. Whatever study or graph or test they're looking at, look, masks work. But now they're saying two masks. Mm. If if you're saying that you should wear two masks, isn't that sort of like implicitly admitting that one mask doesn't work? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. If they're trying to say you should wear two, I don't want to wear one mask. So saying that one mask doesn't work, you should wear two is going the opposite direction of what I want. But I'm just simply saying if I made the argument that a mask doesn't work and you're also making the argument a mask doesn't work, albeit for a different reason. Right. Doesn't that just implicitly at a minimum, doesn't it prove that, well, perhaps you're not always right. Uh, I think what it proves is that they're lying and they're telling you they're lying, but most people aren't paying enough attention to listen and hear that they lie. They're lying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I know that, and and I kind of glossed over it there myself and, and I don't really want to like, this isn't a whole big COVID episode, (laughs) but, but the point being is I can't help but mention this now is 
like Fauci said that. Like he said, well, I know that I said that you didn't have to wear a mask and then I said you do. But let me explain. It wasn't because I didn't know what the sh I was talking about. Right. It was because I wanted people to not buy up all the masks. Yeah. Even like, let's say hypothetically, he's totally telling the truth. He always believed that masks work, and he always wanted people to have them. But he 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 was looking at the numbers, and he was like, "Hey, there's going to be a run on masks in the right. market. We gotta we gotta tell people." So what you're saying is you're admitting to lying. Yes. You're admitting that you lied to people to get them to do something you want and then told them another thing. Even if, again, even if I'm hypothetically saying I believe your story, your story includes you saying I lied but now I'm telling the right. truth. Then you should then be able to understand why, Mr. Bureaucrat, I don't trust what you say. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know... Why though? Why he he has all his credibility intact, right? I mean, he's still got his job. And... I mean, I know it's something that you and I have talked about before in the past. Is that it? For it's like some people would hear some of the things we talk about, and they might think to themselves, "Well, are you always like this? Like, do you <laughs> always do you always go? I don't believe anything you say." And and don't get me wrong, if you're the type of person that if I say to you, "Hey, I went to McDonald's yesterday," and you say, "Picture it didn't happen," then you're you're a little bit yikes. Yeah. However, if you're an admitted known liar then it should not be such a shock that people might not believe what you say right. <laughs> from that point. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'll tell you what people do need to believe. Guys, episode <gasps> 150 live show. It's too late 2021 Ooh. live event is March 20th, which that's like that's like tomorrow, dude. Yeah. It's like we we joked about this like a week ago <laughs> about how far away this was and it and i woke up one morning and i was like oh my god i have to actually plan this thing now right it gets scary <laughs> it gets a little scary guys you got to go to facebook.com slash alan mosley tv and click on events or go to my website alanmosley.tv and go to the events page because that's going to redirect you right there to get your tickets guys let's 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 bring it in let's have a chat for a second so there's 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 a facebook event where like Eight million people have said, Alan, I'm there. Granted, we only have like 70 chairs because <laughs> the room's right. not that big. So, so space is limited, just FYI. But I've had people say, Alan, I'm there. But then I look at the Eventbrite page where you have to get tickets to the show. Mm. And like a fraction of 1% of you have actually bought your tickets. Right. The so that's not really how this works. <laughs> <laughs> I need you guys to buy your... By the way, it's not like I'm getting rich off of selling tickets to the show. We're, it's, it's, it's not even going to cover the dessert bar. It really isn't. But we're going to use that money to help put into the event so we can have some door prizes. We're going to have some food and drink. There's going to be live music. It's going to be a great time. So there it is again. It's too late. 2020, 2021. 2020, 2021 live show. It's <laughs> March 20th. Get your ticket. Sherry's here. She can tell you she was at episode 100. There was so many awesome people. Look at all the awesome people that were there. It, it was a lot of fun. Like, I, I mean, I really, the event was fun, but also it was just fun hanging out with so many people that, you know, you've only met online. So it was great. Yeah. You meet a lot of people online, do you, Sherry? My lips are sealed. 
<laughs> Guys, we have a great show in store for you tonight. We're going to come back with the meme of the week right after this break. Don't go away. Hey, Sherry. Yeah? What time is it? Meme of the week. The worst of the Bush administration, selling out to China, forever wars. The worst of the Obama administration, dementia. <laughs> By your powers combined, I am Captain Biden. <laughs> you know, it was, I, I love the, the text, look on his face. The text is great, but the look on his face is the best. <laughs> Because the, the, the difference in eye makes me think, yeah, that, that man is mentally impaired. Yeah. I, to me, it looks like he's doing the I'm John McCain face. Like, yeah. Well, the, but, wait, but John McCain, John McCain had a brain tumor. Uh, well, oh. I mean, that, don't oh. all the politicians have brain tumors? Like, I'm, I'm just saying. We would never, Facebook no. moderators, we would never wish such a thing it, on anyone. Quite frankly, it's beneath us. <laughs> John McCain is beneath us right now. That is for damn sure. I wish. Um, Sherry, let's answer some viewer mail. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Sherry voluntary asks, I feel like you can't be on the show and ask yourself a question. I mean, I'm asked, I, I don't know. I need advice. Sherry, Sherry Voluntary asks, uh, Dear Alan and me, <laughs> if you got a second chance at Facebook Life, what would you do with it? Asking for a friend. You know, we already talked about that, but I'm, I'm going to answer this from a personal perspective. You know what's crazy about all of the deplatformings and the censorship and like some of our people, you wake up one day and they're just gone from Messenger. Right. Is a lot of those people come in and out of like my orbit. And some of those people watch the show. A couple of people actually helped produce the show. I woke up one day and they were gone. Mm. They were messaging me on my phone saying, hey, my messenger's yeah. gone. My, my Facebook's dead. I have never had that. <laughs> like, I've never, I've never even received one strike ever. <laughs> I mean, they don't have to ban you, Alan. They just shadow banned you a million years ago. I know. It. Honestly, dude, it was the week that I had Jeff Diced. I'm not like I'm not saying it's Jeff Diced's fault. I'm just saying I mean, that the week that I had Jeff Diced of the Mises Institute, and I like I plastered all over the website. Hey, it's uh, from the Mises Institute. From that point forward, our numbers went. I mean, it's surprising because Facebook really loves the Mises Institute. Do they? No. Uh, Andrew Avery writes, uh, "Dear Alan and Sherry." 
Uh, sushi, yay or nay? And if so, which is your favorite? Um, I can't do sushi. It's a big nay for me. I'm not nay, a fish. Yeah. I know, I know that our friend <clears throat> Dave Benner is just rolling over. Um, I was going to say in his grave. Dave's not dead. Not yet. But <laughs> no, he's, he's rolling his eyes at us. I can't. So I tried. So I love hibachi. Like you go to a hibachi grill and you get like the steak and rice yeah. or something like that. I love that. That's good. And because I love that, I and because I love those restaurants, and you see all these people eating all these different types of sushi rolls and stuff, it makes you think. Well, maybe I they like they look like they're having so much fun. Yeah. I, I'll try it. Every time I have tried sushi, I couldn't. You know, I'd get like a four piece. I'd eat one and spit it yeah. up. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it, man. Yeah, I, it's so. so pretty. I want to love it. I love the way it looks, and my kids love it. But I just, I can only do so. I can have one or two, and then I'm like, eh. What's wrong with I don't your like kids? fish? What's, what's wrong? I mean, there's a lot. Uh, Jonathan Carranza writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, how has Facebook not been deplatformed?" Um, so. <laughs> We, so we actually talked about this off the air. Um, this is another one of those, this is not what the topic of today's show is, but I actually am trying my best to not flip out about censorship and social media. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Like, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not sitting here with, like, my account banned or whatever. I'm sure yeah. if I woke up tomorrow and my page was gone, I'd be flipping out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, with that said, I'm trying not to overreact because my gut instinct is... We don't know what we don't know. And bef- the day before Facebook was a thing, we didn't know there was going to be a Facebook. Yeah. And for all we know, when we wake up tomorrow, someone like an Elon Musk is going to have announced a new social media platform that will be like the, the, the Facebook version of Signal or something, or the Signal version of Facebook. I don't know. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to come into the marketplace, and it's going to kind of bring... It's going to be balanced to the force. It's really going to be like the Anakin Skywalker. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. we, like that could be happening. We just don't know. And and I know and I know that there's going to be people in the chat that are going to be like, you should go on me, we are float. No, you should go on me, we are float. But I'm going to stay on Facebook because no one's on me, we are float. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I have pages over there, and all three people over there are like, yay. <laughs> so, so we're going to stick with the big platforms for now, but I, I will say... It's, I feel like it's just a matter of time, right? Like, you see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think a lot okay. of people are migrating, so. Uh, Jeff Johnson, MVP, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes? Um, if you're talking about MVP, like, for the season, honestly, it should be Aaron Rodgers. If you're talking about MVP as in who's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, um, Patrick Mahomes. But I hate Tom Brady. So, like, sh- big shocker, I don't pick Tom Brady because I hate Tom Brady. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm moving, by the way, I'm moving on to the next question, yeah. Sherry, just because I, I feel like you're good with that. I, what you said is perfectly okay. fine. I agree. Right. Uh, Suzanne <laughs> Sherman writes, uh, Dear Alan, want to join us on the Wasatch Report tomorrow? <laughs> That's what email's for, Suzanne. So how <laughs> dare you plug your crap on my show? And yes, I'd like to. Uh, <laughs> Adam Sikosin, Su- Suzanne right now is... <laughs> Adam Sikosin writes, uh, Dear Alan and Sherry, coconut oil, KY, or Astroglide for tax season? Just don't pay them. Uh, yes, that's my answer, yes. Just just don't pay your taxes, Adam, and and then you're really going to really need, need it. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if you happened upon your clone by chance, how would you feel? Would you be beside yourself? There you are. Um, yeah, I'm starting to notice that, that some people <laughs> are inviting themselves to leave two or three entries a week. Gluttons. Have you started to notice I'm saying the same names? Yeah, I, I've noticed. I don't mean the same names every week. I mean the same names in the same segment. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, Suzanne Sherman writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, are SpaghettiOs soup or pasta? Ooh. I have an answer for this. All right, I'll let you answer. Pasta soup. That's okay. my Okay, this is how I know you're a libertarian. Because <laughs> you're one of these autistic pedants who thinks that when you're given a question and there's an A or a B, <laughs> that you just get to write in C because you I feel like it. I do what I want. No. So, are SpaghettiOs... Soup or pasta? I mean, they um, taste like barf. So, they are soup. If cereal is soup, then SpaghettiOs are soup. Because it's not a plate of SpaghettiOs with sauce poured on it. It's a bowl of sauce with spaghetti. Like, you, okay, you get that? Like, there's yes. it's a bowl, and, and the SpaghettiOs are in it. I mean, so that's that, basically what I said. So... A, it's it's soup. <laughs> and B, I actually like Jeff's answer better. He says, C, disgusting. Mm, yes. There you are. Correct. I, I don't, ha you know what? I don't hate SpaghettiOs, but I Ugh. do hate sushi. So, sorry. Uh, Lyle Durio asks, Dear Alan and Sherry, have you considered writing a novel? I am writing a book, but it's not a novel. Like, I'm not, like, I'm Rand or some... Yeah. I've considered writing a novel, but have you really? I have. I actually have. G give us the five-second bullet points. Well, there were several different ones. Some of them are kind of racy. And All then right. Well, five are, seconds is up, so that's stories. good. <laughs> uh, Celeste Annis writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, hard pretzels or soft pretzels?" See, we're getting to the good part of the viewer mail, by the way, where people know that this is really just a culinary show, and so all the questions <laughs> are food. You might hate me for this. I don't like pretzels. Oh, really? Wow. I really just don't. I mean, I don't have an answer because I don't like pretzels. I mean, I've seen you put back a few breadsticks in my day. But at, those aren't pretzels. At the gondolier. And so I was thinking you'd go with the soft pretzels. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm saying soft pretzels for sure. I guess I'll go. If you're saying that it's basically a breadstick, I guess I'll say soft. But I don't like pretzels. So, there you go. Weird. We're out of time for the segment, so let's do a, let's do a couple more. <laughs> uh, Andrew Avery writes, he already wrote. Again? This is, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. Andrew <laughs> Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if you were exiled, to which country would you immigrate and why? Um, hmm. Boy, if I actually did get exiled, I feel like that would get me a lot of press for my show. Yeah. That'd be not a bad thing to happen, honestly. They would pay for you to travel across uh, see, the abroad. See, I, I don't know about that, though. I think, if, I think if you're actually officially exiled, they just take you to the nearest border and put a bayonet in you. So I actually think, oh. that, means I'm in, I think that means I'm in Mexico now. <laughs> or snow Mexico. 
It's either Mexico or Snow Mexico, but I'm I'm geographically closer to. I mean, we're in Somalia, so. Right. Yeah. This is a moot point. Sherry, did you know, swear to God, someone on YouTube with a very 9-11-y sounding name actually actually left a comment on our last episode of Postcards that said, are you guys really in Somalia? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Look. You, you, go look it up. When, when, we're, when we're done with the show, go look it up. Swear I to God, I left it. it there. Oh, yeah, I didn't delete that comment. It's a fantastic comment. Someone messaged me once and asked if I would send their mother a postcard from Somalia because she collects postcards. <laughs> We got to get on that. That's that's good business sense right there. Last one for this week. Uh, Amanda Bowers writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, I feel pressured. I'm no good at coming up with questions. <laughs> I feel like, Sherry, if you're going to sit in as the producer, you have to start screening. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Like, you you know what? All you got to do is just, like, post a picture of Alex Trebek, you know, rip. Because it's got to be in the form of a question. Right. What it's not is... really a viewer mail question if it's not a question. Okay. I'm, I feel pressured. I'll be I'm no good at coming up with questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you are then. There you have it. God, we're way over time. Yeah. You, you, know, what, you know what that means? No commercial? No, I'm going to tell, no, tell an anecdote. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to get... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. I'm trying to train you as the sit-in producer that you're supposed to be watching the time, and then oh. you buzz me and say we're over time. And then when you say we're over time, I say to you, all right, I'll just waste some more time. Right. I mean, that sounds like work, Alan. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I feel like this episode's already been on for like three hours. <laughs> do you feel like that? I, actually, I do, yes. I kind, I kind of feel like that. I don't know what that says about the content tonight, but mm. feels that way. Feels that mm. way. So we're going to start off with today's first article. It comes from Fee. Biden ignores his own mask man. No. No. Biden ignores his own mask mandate on first day. Bigger issues to worry about, says White House Press Secretary. Biden has consistently urged people to, quote, mask up and is calling on Americans to wear face coverings in public for the next 100 days. So, by the way, we actually do have a clip of that. Um, it's, it's, it's genuinely amazing. I'm not going to speak over it. I'm just going to let this play for itself and you guys give me your impressions on how you feel about this. But this is, this is Biden's new White House press secretary. What's her, Nancy Bzyak, Bzyak. I don't know how to pronounce that garbage. Nancy, Nancy Poland, who is the White House press secretary. And this is her comments when asked about Biden uh, violating his own mandate literally hours after signing it. Check this Focused out. Focused on, on doing his job to get the work done for the American people. Go ahead. 
Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural memorial, yes. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening of uh, a, a historic day in our country. And certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. I don't know if I have any more for you on it than that. Sherry, I know you're shocked. Shocked. Shocked and outraged. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Joe Biden had a busy first day as president signing 17 executive actions, far more than predecessors Trump, Obama, George W., and Clinton combined. Among the orders was a mandate that all people on federal property wear masks to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. In some ways, that's a little surprise. Prior to November election, he had indicated he would do exactly that and then urge people to wear face coverings for the next 100 days. Bigger issues to worry about. Things got awkward quickly, however. The same day Biden signed his executive order, he and his family were spotted maskless at the Lincoln Memorial, a clear violation of the order he had signed that very morning. This created an uncomfortable moment for White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Psaki. It's P-S-A-K-I. Psaki P- to me. Psaki. P- Jen Psaki, <laughs> who was asked by a reporter why Biden and his members of family were not wearing a mask in compliance with the law. Why wasn't Joe Biden wearing a mask last night after signing a mask mandate? Press Secretary. He was celebrating an evening of historic day. He was surrounded by his family. We have bigger issues to worry about. Biden wants you to follow the rules that he won't. There was a line in that short little bit uh, from the press secretary where she, she, she said the whole line of we have bigger things to worry about. And a lot of people la- latched onto that. That's not really what I latched onto. I latched onto when she said he was trying to send a message to the American public. Mm. Now, her full little quote there was, you know, he's trying to send a message to the American public, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's important to wear masks, wear masks. And so the whole point of signing the order is we're trying to encourage people to wear masks. He's trying to send a message to the American public. If, when, when you hear that phrase, it's, it's, it's not about whatever. It's about sending a message. That, that has a much different connotation, I think, than what they wanted it to mean. Do, do you kind of get that vibe? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. It's yes, like, yes. It's a little, mm, yeah. It, it's, it's a little mafia-y. Yeah. It's yeah. a little authoritarian-y. I know, I know, again, you're super surprised. Yeah. Um, so masks and partisanship, Saki excuse making was cringeworthy. They actually have cringeworthy as a word in this article on fee. <laughs> I didn't know that that was something you put in academic, whatever. Yeah. Particularly the last sentence, which I suspect she wishes she could take back. But in her defense, there was no good way to answer the question. Pisaki may have been correct that Biden was, quote, celebrating, but the order he signed makes no exception for celebrations. She may also be correct that we have bigger issues to worry about than masks. In fact, I believe that she's right but that's that's the beautiful thing about it is that 
if we were, say you and I were at the Lincoln Memorial that day, because mm-hmm. you know us, we hang That's where you're going to find me and Sherry is at the Lincoln Memorial. But if we were at the Lincoln Memorial that day, hours after them having signed the mandate to require masks on federal property, which by the way, to be perfectly clear and from last week, not even Biden himself thinks he can get away with a mask mandate like nationwide for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's for enforcing masks on federal property. But obviously the Lincoln Memorial is. If we had been there and we had not been wearing masks, security would have without a doubt come up to us and said, you have to put on masks or you have to leave. And if we had resisted in any meaningful sense, we would have been assaulted. Yes. We'd be attacked. We'd be put on the ground. We would be muzzled against our will if we didn't die from the altercation. And we would be drug out of there and sent to jail because we would be in violation of their little mask mandate. But the point being is, is that if they came up to us and said, you need to put on a mask or you have to leave, what would the officer say if you said, well, but officer, we're celebrating? Right. <laughs> he would have said gun in your face. That's what he would have said. But officer, <laughs> don't you think we have bigger things to worry about? <laughs> now, I, I mean, that's to, to, what's funny about that is, is that you, you can you can in your mind's eye, you can imagine someone like being pulled over for speeding. And if you say to the officer tongue in cheek, don't you have something better to do, like catch murderers? Right. That's a guarantee that you just got the maximum ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you just you right. guarantee that there's no way you're not you're getting off of the warning. Yeah. Next thing you're hearing is, sir, step out of the car. Why don't you step out? Of the, why don't you have a seat right there? <laughs> officer down. Uh, but it's just it just goes to show it's not just that the rules it's rules for thee and not for me we already knew that it's not even just that it's that they don't they really don't feel the need to lie well which is something we've said before Mm -hmm. and they really don't like them even bothering to give an excuse at all is is just a token attempt they don't really feel like they owe you an explanation right let's like there was nothing about her demeanor that came off to me to say, oh, yeah, you know what? I owe the American people an explanation. She doesn't, she doesn't care. She doesn't care what no. you think. Biden can do whatever he wants, and he doesn't, she doesn't care what you think. Right. But the fact that she would bother to give those excuses, knowing full well, we've seen the videos, we've seen the tapes, we've seen the businesses and the restaurants and the gyms racking up the fines and having people drug out of the lobbies and thrown into police cars. We've seen all those things. And if you and you know that there's not not a single one of those people would have fared better if they said, "Sir, it's my birthday." Right. That would have not saved you. But and it's and by the way, just to be clear, it's not that it's not that that saved Biden. It's that the rules don't apply to him. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. It's not that he said the magic words. It's that he's a part of the magic class. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when when you've spent 40 years of, you know, your entire career or however long it's been with the rules not applying to you, it didn't even occur to them. I think that's why it took them. That's what surprised me is that like if they were smart, they'd been like, oh, he wasn't wearing a mask. We should have an answer for this. It it took them completely by surprise because they're not used to even considering that the rules apply to them. (laughs) Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is that. 
I mean, I'm certainly not being fair to Biden, but it's not like he's the first person to flout the rules. Right. We've seen, I mean, we've seen Whitmer do it. Every, you know, Nancy Pelosi in the salon and the ice cream mm. and all that crap. Like we've seen, and we've seen, like we've seen the hot mics and the, and the, the B-roll of the congressmen meeting in D.C. And when, and when they think the cameras are off, off come the masks and mm -hmm. they're laughing and having a good old time. And so we know that they don't believe in the stuff they say. It's, it's different for them, I guess, than it would be for, say, like the random person on Twitter who, honest to God, when they go running, they wear a mask. When they're, right. in, their own, when they're in their own home with their wife, they wear a mask. Like, yeah. those people actually believe that crap. Mm-hmm. But the people passing the laws, the people writing the rules, they don't believe it. Right. Because if they did believe it, you wouldn't see them it, flouting the rules. Like, it's it's bad enough that they, they fully on believe. And, I mean, I guess in some ways they're right. They fully on believe the rules are for you and not for them. Yeah. But if they were genuinely fearful for their lives, oh, my God, I'm going to get coronavirus and I'm going to drop dead. If they believed that, then they would be following the rules, right? Right. But they don't. Correct. It's rhetoric versus action. You've got to look at the actions, not the rhetoric. You're welcome. Get a look, get a look at your face. That's what you got to look at. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off this article. I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody earlier. By the way, I'm not gonna say who it is. It was, but it was Mike of Mike and Friends. Ah. And and he was he was he was having a little debate with me, and he and he said. Well, well, don't you think we ought to do X? And I just instinctively said, don't you think you ought to do D's nuts? <laughs> that was, you know what? I stand by it. You know what? I've, he, Mike of Mike and Friends loves you for that stuff. Well. That's, he, I mean, you're his man crush. Yeah. For sure. There you go. Power and inequality. The hypocrisy and unequal treatment matters. The expansion of the government tends to occur under the basic assumption that it will result in greater equality. The assumption is flawed, however. The expansion of the state doesn't vanish inequality. In fact, it often exacerbates it. No. 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 <laughs> Though politicians promise an egalitarian utopia, the reality is that hierarchy, social climbing, and wealth disparity will exist in any political system. But whereas a free market rewards competence in those who create value, a system dominated by the state will always reward those with proximity to power. The Soviet Union might have been premised on the idea of equality, but most people didn't have a Rolls Royce, Mercedes, Cadillac, Lincoln Continental, Monte Carlo, Matra, and Lancia Beta. Um, <laughs> But the party people did. I, I don't. That was a really long list that they had. A, but the party people did. So the thing is, the thing I want to kind of end this point with is something we've said on the show a bunch of times is talking about most people don't have principles, mm. and and that and that's a shame because when you have principles, they help to guide your your decision making where you fall on the issues. Whereas if you don't have principles. That every single individual issue, every single challenge is unique. Mm. And every single different instance of anything is a unique challenge, a unique question. And, and then you really think long and hard about where you fall on each individual issue. But that's, that's, that's not a good thing. It's not a, it, no. it, it may sound like, oh, you're putting thought into it. No, 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 no. If you had principles, then you would be consistent. You'd be consistent in your logic. You'd be consistent in your morals and your ethics. Mm -hmm. Most people don't operate that way. 
But where, but where I want to tie this into the whole Biden mask thing is I've also said on the show, I really don't do a lot of bits anymore these days where the whole bit is, look at these hypocrites. These, these politicians, they're hypocritical. Look at this one thing they said, but then this other thing they said. Look at this one thing they did, but then they did the other thing. I, I'm kind of over that. And the reason I'm over it is, for one, we know these people are hypocrites. Yes. They're, they're hypocrites. Like, shocker, they're hypocrites. If, <laughs> if this could just be the hypocrisy show with Alan Mosley, and every single week all we would do is look at, look at who was a hypocrite this week. We already know that about these people. So dedicating episodes to some hypocrisy that they engaged in it doesn't add anything to the conversation. However, there, there's a little, bit of, a little bit of a wrinkle there is that when they don't have any principles and when they view each and every individual issue, cause, agreement, whatever, as, as unique and completely unlike the rest, then when you point your finger at them and you accuse them, hey, you're being a hypocrite. It just rolls right off. Yeah. It's not affecting them in any way. Like, you're not, you're not burning them when you call them a hypocrite. For one, they don't care what you think. Like, surprise, Joe Biden doesn't care what you think. <laughs> but beyond that, not even just the Joe Bidens of the world, just your, just your neighbor who's a crazy lefty and you guys disagree and you're having a, a spirited debate out on the lawn. You calling him a hypocrite because he believes one thing when the state does or doesn't do it, but he believes another thing another way. You calling him a hypocrite is not going to do... It's, it's beyond not changing his mind. He doesn't even understand your accusation. Right. Because to him, these are all individual, unique challenges. If Trump said something, and that was bad, and Biden says the exact same thing, but it's good now because Biden said it, you and I would say you're being a hypocrite. But they don't even view it the same way that we do. The, in so much as Trump and Biden are different people, they don't consider it hypocrisy because right. they're different people. They, it's. I mean, it really is simple as that. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. They actually think it's a virtue because, well, I consider every issue. I think about it and then decide. I, no. Yeah. Sorry. So I just... I, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is more like kind of preaching to the choir and talking to our own people a little bit, just to say that if, if everything you post, if all the content, if you're a content person, if all the content you consume or create or articles you share or whatever, if every post you make is, look at this hypocrite. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's just so ridiculous and yeah. over the top and just hilarious. Like, you know, when Nancy Pelosi, like there's the <laughs> video of that, just, just scrawny B word walking around the salon, getting her hair did like, yes, it's just so over the top and, and funny. And we like to make fun of that horrible woman. So mm -hmm. look at this hypocrisy, but that just can't be the sole focus of everything you bring to the table because we know this about them already. Right. It would be, if you're going to talk to your neighbor, telling him that he's a hypocrite doesn't affect him in any way. But being able to say precisely why something is wrong, no matter who said it, that adds a little bit more value to the conversation than to just say, well, because such and such did it. Yeah. Like, I guess I would say it's kind of like it's a double-edged sword that like we would say if, if Trump did something we don't like and their answer is, well, Obama did it, we criticize mm -hmm. them because just because Obama did something is not a condemnation or 
a, 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 a yeah or an endorsement either way. But it, it kind of goes both ways. Is that well, you know, if Obama did something, and well, Trump did it, it, it goes both ways. So in this particular instance, you know, you, it's like you're. It's almost like they're admitting I'm a hypocrite. If I if I tell a right winger Trump is bad because he drone strikes someone, and their answer is well Obama did it, it's like okay, so you're telling me you're a hypocrite. That's all you're. That's the only information you're giving me. But you need to be able to tell him why the action was wrong without even saying who the president was that did it. And that's going to mean more to the to the narrative than just simply saying well so and so did such and such, and so and so also did such and such, and they're a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm trying really hard to make this about the principle of the matter and not about COVID-19. Right. Because for the love of God, I can't stand it anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't stand it anymore. Guys, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back after this. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back to the show for our last segment today. Check this out. This actually comes to us from Reason Magazine. I know you're shocked. <laughs> it's it's past inauguration day and all of a sudden the rules change. California Governor Gavin Newsom issues surprise retraction of controversial stay-at-home order. The governor's order had banned outdoor dining and forbade Californians from socializing with members outside their household. Um, by the way, I just want to say really quick, the fact that you guys went along with that for a day is bad mm. enough. No, no out, had banned outdoor dining as well as indoor dining, and forbade Californians from socializing with members outside their household. The, if you went along with that for a single day, you already opened Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. But that being neither here nor there, I'm pointing out the fact that, and, and by the way, Newsom is not alone. You, you've heard statements from Cuomo up in New York saying, you know, we still have a virus. There's still a pandemic, but the economy's hurting. People are hurting in their pocketbooks, and we've got to open back up. Doesn't mean that they've that they've gone full on from lockdown to zero in one day, but it just signals that a lot of the power players, specifically in blue states, are moving that direction. They're moving towards reopening the economy, getting getting things back going again. And Sherry, I'll let you answer this. I I know you're absolutely shocked that. Uh, Newsom, Newsom and Cuomo both didn't didn't deign to have these press releases on November second. No, no, right. no, <laughs> no, no, no. They were po not just not even post election, mind you. They were post inauguration. Right. What? I can't believe it. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> our, I know our friend Suzanne had posted this exact thing, and she had said, you know, I was I was one of the people that had a had a hunch that the pandemic would start to wind down somewhere around January 25th. Yeah. So, something, Yeah. You, you know what I love about this particular order, by the way? No. It's the fact that if they, it's, it's, it goes back to my thing about lying well. We, we know what they're doing. 
Yeah. We know they don't believe their BS. We know that they just want the economy to improve now that Biden's in office because they want the numbers to be trending upward when their guys in on the seat. That's that's all it is. We know that they know that we're we're settled. But the fact the fact of the matter is is that if they cared what you thought at all, then they would want to lie well. And if they wanted to lie well, they'd wait a little bit. Right. <laughs> maybe March, maybe April. Maybe no, maybe let spring get here, let the temperatures start to rise. Let's let the virus actually naturally start to die off a little bit mm-hmm. as temperatures rise and let them kind of kind of take credit for that and say, "Look, the numbers are getting better, you guys. It's time to open up." They would still be lying. But you could at least say, you know, at least they gave it the old college try, right? right. <laughs> like they, they tried to at least look like they were being legitimate, even though we know subconsciously they're still lying. Yeah. But the fact that literally days, hours after the inauguration, you already see this narrative coming out tells you they don't, they have such little regard what you think as Americans, as voters, as citizens that they can they can flip it like a switch on and off and not lose a minute of sleep, not blink. They can look you right in the face and say, oh, yes, the pandemic was the worst thing in human history on January 23rd, but on January 24th, it's all gone away. They can tell you that to your face and not blink and not have any qualms about it and just... And, and I was going to say they expect you to believe it. They actually don't. They don't care if you believe it or not. They're just right. going to go, they're going to move on with their lives. This, the sad part is, is there's so many people that will, they'll carry water for these people all the way to their grave. Like they'll carry water with them until they're in the camps. Like that's the thing. They don't, they don't care. They, <laughs> they believe what the they believe. Orange man, bad. Until they're in the camps. <laughs> you know, our friend Mike Meharry actually just, I, I had told him some random joke and his response was, I really hope we get the same camp. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like we can have fun there. We can make the most of it. At, at least we'll have fun. Yeah. We all get well, in the same camp. We can, we can have bonfires. What was that movie where, um, it's, it's World War II, it's Holocaust, but like they're trying to make the most of it so that the kids don't realize what's going on. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. 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 The, the boy in the striped pajamas or something, or is that, is those? that the, it? I, I, so, I, and it's one of those, I haven't seen it because it, it makes me too sad. But. Somebody, somebody in the live chat's gonna know what it is. So, yeah. so whatever, whatever that guy said, it's that movie. It, it, it kind of makes me think that that there's, Smile. there's, there's people who just sort of kind of go. It's, I, I just have, I don't know. I guess I just, I guess you know me. I have such a high opinion of people. <laughs> I, I tend to think that there's people that even though on the surface we think they're completely brainwashed, I just have to think deep down they know. Right. I, but they but they just go through the motions because it's kind of like, well, what else do you do? You know? Right, right. Yeah, I feel like it's the QAnons right now. Like, trust the plan, you guys. Oh <laughs> They're God. trying so hard still to trust the plan. It's the same thing in the in the FEMA camps. We'll be there, and the Biden supporters will be. He's coming any day now. He's gonna let us go, you guys. He's gonna let us go. When we get to the camps, I'm gonna have regular conversations with the guards about how Hillary can still be president. <laughs> Um, we're, we're like way over time. So I think we're just going to go ahead and take our final break. Is that, is that okay with you? Dad, you have my permission, sir. All right. I mean, you're the one with the fancy ass producers in there. I know. Why is it? I keep on getting guest producers, but I'm the one here sitting here hitting all the damn buttons. 
Like our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter, it's Twitter at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page, it's youtube.com slash TV. Uh, by the way guys, the website is actually up and has everything on it too, so you can go to my website, which is alanmosley.tv, super hard to remember. Um, that's also where the event link is. You can go to alanmosley.tv, click on the event link, scroll a little ways down. It's going to redirect you to the Eventbrite page. Make sure to get your ticket for episode 150, the 2021 live special. That's March 20th of this year, so less than two months away. Um, guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.